0: coming up i'm really concerned that we're going to get another set of you know california wildfires ruined thousands of houses so many lives this this last summer so
1: yeah i know i mean i was trying to i was going up to these mountains right to take all these dope photos from my gram and i couldn't because all this is all this fire and it ruined the view
0: what wait are we talking about the same thing
1: i was trying to take photos up on this mountain and i couldn't cause i said oh close down because all these people apparently burned alive and
0: wow yeah you know, i was just, Sucks. That's really difficult for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like last year I was trying to go to the beach and, you know, have this huge beach party, you get super drinking and everything. And there's this stupid oil spill and we're stepping all over these dead turtles and we couldn't even have our party. All their shells were cracking everywhere we went.
0: I feel like we don't have our priority straight in this situation, Will.
1: Listen <laughs> this is important stuff as an influencer. This is what's important to (laughs) me.
0: Scene. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Will and Amal Live. Is that the most tone deaf thing you've heard today? If it is, let's fix that for you because we have Joy Behar from The View commenting on what is happening in Ukraine and Russia and how it has personally affected her life. Here's the clip. Estimates are 50,000 Ukrainians Mm. will be dead or wounded and that this is going to start a humanitarian
2: crisis, a refugee crisis in Europe. We're talking about five million people that that are going to be displaced. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking to hear what is going to happen. Well, I'm scared of what's going to happen in in Western Europe, too. Yeah. You know, you just, you plan a trip. You want to go there. I want to go to Italy for four years. I haven't been able to make it because of, of uh, the pandemic. And now this, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, who's
0: going to, what's going to happen there? Yeah. yeah.
1: What's going to happen there? I can't get my spaghetti and meatballs in Italy. And now everything's rolling. You know? I know you
0: just talked about millions of people getting displaced, but what about my Italy trip? Screw those people. We're talking <laughs>
1: about spaghetti.
0: How am I going to get in there? How, how am I going to get my fettuccine Alfredo? it's not it's not authentic here in new york
1: nah nah it's bad
0: (laughs) (laughs) bad, when i i i heard this circulating on twitter you know joy behar is more worried about her trip to italy than she is about ukraine and russia and i thought can't possibly be that bad and then you watch the clip and she quite literally responds to anna navarro or sunny hostin saying uh you know, millions of people are going to be displaced and uprooted from their homes and this is a a massive conflict. And right after that statement goes, but what about Italy?
1: Right. <laughs> what about the pasta? Uh,
0: what what about what about megaغول? <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm flying to Europe a couple of times this upcoming month. And that was not the thing that I thought of when I was like, oh, I'm going on these trips. Right. Oh, it sucks I can't go on vacation or do these other things because of this stupid Ukraine crisis. What a selfish thing to say.
0: I just can't imagine. You have to think about how far removed you must be from reality, from from suffering, from the qualms of other people to say something like this. A direct statement after somebody has truly given you the scope of how big this, this impact is uh, to then just completely centered in on yourself it just goes to show you that these people who are i don't know if we'll call this mainstream media i guess the view is mainstream media in, in some way shape or form but uh these these wealthy elites are just so far removed from what it means to live through a crisis like this and what it what the true implications of something like this uh, in the geopolitical sense and just an individual sense and in, in children and families and and men who are being conscripted into the military right now in ukraine uh i just watched I uh, read a thread of a journalist who's out there who walked from Ukraine to Poland with all these people and they all got stopped. And all the men who were uh, 18 years of age to 60 years of age, think the 60 years of age, were conscripted and told to go back uh, to fight in the military. But God forbid I'm not able to go to Italy for yeah, my vacation. I, I
1: think there's a huge degree of narcissism here. And I think it extends beyond Joy Behar and goes into <laughs> many of the American people. I mean, you have these journalists who essentially drank their way through college, probably and now live in a a bubble in silicon valley or new york or dc potentially and they think that they're these foreign policy experts and that they're ideas about this whole situation and just have to be true right and everything that they say about foreign policy just has to be true and they think that their opinion weighing in on this crisis is now the end-all be-all of what people are supposed to do and if you don't agree with them then you're a putin sympathizer and a white supremacist and all these different things and it's it's a degree of narcissism that we see from these people where they think that there is uh, that everything that they do is should be heralded as as right and i think that extends a lot from just how young people were raised in this country, participation trophies, you're never wrong, you can never lose, everything like that. And I think because of that, you get these types of people saying this. So it's a lot of narcissism and vanity.
0: Right. I'm glad to see that at least a few of the hosts on The View understood the true uh, the true implication here and the true problem here. Uh, and Joy Behar seems to have been the the lone one who who came out and said this, but you guys don't see what happens after this clip. And they start talking about how they cannot believe all these crazy conservatives and how pro putin we are and how we we are the ones who want to go and defend russia where right does no, anybody have the evidence for that
1: of course not i mean but the, but the fact is that like this is the thing it's like if you're an american citizen and you're seeing what's happening in ukraine and you're seeing what russia's doing or whatever it is like again with the narcissism like ukraine is a corrupt system of their government is corrupt already Russia has a lot of corruption in their government like to think that we have to take some some stand and say oh in this international conflict in Eastern Europe we have to take this moral standing and everyone has to listen here here is what I'm saying about it it's kind of also I don't know again narcissistic that we think that other people like that that we have to make this opinion in this conflict it seems odd to me
0: right I mean like
1: everyone's supposed to have some opinion about this
0: and in a very certain one. And if you don't have that, you're, you're an aggressor. You are pro-Russian if you don't fall within this narrative that we've decided is going to be tried and true, which nobody does. I'm hearing a thousand different opinions on what should be done here because I think truly nobody knows. And nobody knows how it's going to unfold. I'm not going to speculate how it's going to unfold. But the women on The View feel totally fine doing so.
1: The women on The View, uh, they're... I mean, the things that they say just come out of their mouth is is hard to listen to. I mean, she right. even said in the first clip when she was talking about 5 million people are going to be displaced. Who knows if that's going to happen? That might not even happen. I mean, the, the the they're talking about peace deals already with the Ukrainian Ukrainian government. And if something like that were to happen, then maybe that wouldn't happen. They just replace the administration in Ukraine, have this puppet state for Russia, and that's what happens. And these people don't get displaced. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. The ladies on The View definitely don't know what's going to happen. Definitely you know, don't I'd, I, doubt happen. I doubt that they're getting prepped by their producers on geopolitical issues like this. Yeah. And so I, it's again, it's just so much narcissism from all of these people. You know, you don't these ladies on The View, if they had any sort of common sense, they would say, listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if five million people are going to be displaced. I don't know if what did they say, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. I mean, that's just you just don't know that you yeah. don't know what's going to happen.
0: Uh, it's interesting and I'll I'll go on a sort of a tangent point about The View here because this is something that I have not yet said on the show but I feel comfortable saying it now the more ridiculous (laughs) clips I keep seeing from The View I was interviewed twice to be a conservative guest host on The View uh, a recurring host on The View so they reached out to me and uh, gave a call and said you know we're looking for somebody conservative to sit on this panel Uh, we we are considering you would you like to go through the interview process and I said absolutely yes I've seen the, the conservatives that they brought on The View some of whom can defend our points but i think a lot of whom don't do it properly and there's so much bs that is spouted on the view that i just sit and watch it and i go well i don't i don't watch it voluntarily i see these clips on uh twitter but i sit there and go i wish the conservative there had said this, or I wish they had defended this, or I wish they simply had a conservative on stage to defend it. So I go through this interview process and the interview process is, was not at all about, about values. It wasn't about being pro-America or anti-censorship or anything like that. It was about what critical race theory, January 6th, asked me how I felt about Trump, uh, and, and clearly with this view of looking for a person who uh, was emblematic of what their view is of conservatism. So I went through two different interviews with them uh, through booking and then an executive Producer, and then you know weeks later, I hadn't heard from them, and uh, then this story comes out. <laughs> the View cannot find a female conservative who fits their view of what a conservative is, meaning they wanted some Rhino or a, a classic liberal who who has maybe some conservative tendencies, so they could sit and say the same stuff that they always say, the same BS that they always say, without having to defend themselves. Uh, is what I sort of gleaned from the stories that I was reading, and then upon reaching out, they go, you know. The only reason uh, we haven't gotten back is because the Omicron variant. We're very concerned about the Omicron variant.
1: The Omelon variant? <laughs> yeah. The Omelon yeah. variant after two interviews of that? That <laughs> yeah. oh, makes sense.
0: So, yeah, that was my experience uh, with with The View. And, you know, the that was uh, prior to, you know, the Whoopi Goldberg race comments. It was prior to the suspensions, prior to, obviously, these Joy Behar comments. And you know what? I'm fine with it.
1: Listen, Megan McCain's on the View, right?
0: <laughs> I don't know if she is anymore.
1: But she was. She, she was. was. You know, and that was like, oh, there. That was far right for these women on the View having yes. Megan McCain on them. Right. Trump or Megan McCain. I mean, to imagine that they would put anyone who's even, I mean, farther right than Megan McCain, it's not difficult. But that they wouldn't put anyone on there is pretty telling. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, when you were telling me about this before, when you're hearing about it, I was uh-huh. like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> I was supportive. I was supportive of it happening and them reaching out to you. It's great news to uh-huh. have more exposure and to do these things. But, you know, these women just don't, they don't deserve it.
0: Oh, man. But I would know, just love. It's good
1: to go into places. Listen, it's good to go into places and debate people and do these kinds sure. of things. But their, their intellect and it's all produced and it's like not, it's not a natural stage in my sure. opinion you know yeah like and the things that they say are just so it's so bad
0: i just want want to see and it doesn't even have to be me i just want to see a conservative woman who truly just goes to bat and goes no truly explain what you just said there because that was ridiculous and truly defend the things that you're saying right now because they just talk and they say the craziest i mean the craziest stuff comes out of these women's mouths.
1: the stupidest stuff i remember the best was when norm mcdonald went on the view you guys ever see this When Norm Uh, Macdonald went on and he goes on and within two seconds of him being there, he says, Bill Clinton killed a guy.
3: Oh, yes.
1: One of the best clips on The View of all time. That and Christian the Lion. Those are the two best view clips. Other than that, the the, the show is nonsense. (laughs) So I liked Barbara Walters, Barbara Walters, Barbara Walters. Yeah, I liked Barbara (laughs) Walters. And now, uh, you know, now it's nothing. Well, her.
0: I'm sure we'll have many more view clips to respond to in the future. They seem to constantly be in the news. do producers
1: tell them something? Like, no, they, the producers? Meet.
0: they told me a little bit about the process. Apparently they meet before they do the show at like eight in the morning and they go through the different things they're going to talk about and they write out their talking points of like the things that they're going to say. So these things should be, you would think, aired out before they go live on TV.
1: You would think so. The yeah. show must be at 801 because they obviously don't discuss much about what's going on in the show. <laughs> All I know is that when I say something on the show, which is basically every single day, and I, I talk to Craig about it afterwards, this is the marketing. E- Prager you. Uh-huh. And he's like, that was a stupid thing to say. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I and will think about it. Right. Yeah, like yeah. every single time that I'm saying something on the show, I'll have someone who, who works here who comes and says, well, that wasn't the best thing to say. or you want to say it dif- differently? Whatever it is. Uh, or we, you know, we talk about ideas and all that kind of stuff versus like these women, again, so narcissistic where it's not taking advice from anyone. And it's also just going in there and thinking you know everything and saying things that are just so ridiculously stupid yeah. that I don't know why anyone listens to it. But it means that a lot of the audience who listen to them are ridiculously stupid, which sucks.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see if we get a response from Joy Behar. I think as of late, she has not uh, made any comments regarding the statement, but we shall see what happens. Uh, and I'm sure it'll just go straight through the cycle and we'll have something else next week. So <laughs> look forward to that. In the meantime, let's cheer on some Ukrainians. I Got to work this morning and just saw the craziest stories, uh, just so, so much honorable actions from the people in Ukraine who are fighting for their country right now. So we want to talk about that. Uh, Here is one headline out of Washington Post. Ukrainian President Zelensky said that 13 who were killed on Snake Island will be bestowed heroes of Ukraine the highest honorific he can award. A recording of the 13 border guards telling a Russian warship, go F yourself, went viral on Thursday. So essentially, there was 13 border guards uh, stationed on Snake Island. A a Russian warship uh, came to the island and through a megaphone or some sort of sound system said, you know, hi, we are here. This is a Russian warship. Put down all your arms and surrender so that there will be no bloodshed. And the guy just goes, this is it. And And before he gets on the microphone says, should i tell them to go f themselves and he he does it and he says go f yourself and that was his last words to this russian warship and uh all all 13 of them unfortunately were attacked and killed but it goes to show how proud people are and how strong people are willing to stand for the nation that they're born in the nation that they love the nationality that they have that when a a massive warship with no other intent than to steal your country from you comes to you, you go, I'm not, you know, I'm not going down this way. I'm going to fight.
1: So brave and super based of what they said to the Russians. I mean, that was awesome. It's made me feel a lot of, of, A lot of sympathy for the Ukrainians Mm -hmm. and everything that they're doing, you know, that nationalist pride that they're having for their country and not wanting to give it up to a foreign adversary, especially a foreign adversary where they have a lot of history with Russia. As I talked about on the show yesterday, uh, them, the the Russians going through Ukraine killed seven million people in World War Two. I mean, and it was not just killed them, I mean, tortured, raped. I mean, the Russians going through Eastern Europe was just hell it was hell for people when the russians went through eastern europe getting to germany and so the ukrainians know it really better than than most um mm-hmm. but these were very brave people and it's it's something to to know these people were in the military right yes they're military yes. people but there's a lot of people in ukraine right now who are getting all these these firearms and guns and things to defend their homeland defend their country and it's just crazy that you had all these people on the left when you talk about that in america like no one needs a ar15 no one needs a semi-automatic Uh, rifle or any of these kind of things and then they're like yes good for the Ukrainians getting these guns to defend themselves Mm -hmm. against the evil nationalist Russians and everything and it's like you're totally contradicting everything that you said that you stood for in America why is it different in America oh because it can never happen in America America has has gay pride flags everywhere so it'll never happen here but there it's different it's like no the principle is the same but when you break your principles and your morals then everyone realizes that you don't stand for anything
0: Right. It it is for moments like these. It truly is. And uh, it's weird because, you know, I I, this morning I saw a video of these group of Ukrainian men just trying to gather glass bottles to make Molotov cocktails uh, because they were ordered by the government to do so just in case anything happens. And that's the reality. And it's going to be interesting now living in a state of I won't. Well, well, it's definitely war now for them, Uh, not not for us in, in any way, shape or form quite yet or Maybe it never will be. But it's weird seeing war in the age of social media. Now we're seeing so much and the, the fact checkers are out and there's videos of everything. But it truly it truly shines a light on what it is like to to live in a country where this is happening, where this is happening in your backyard. Uh, Crazy, crazy news. One more brave Ukrainian here. Let me say
1: one thing. Yes. It just in terms of America and, and what that. If you guys don't know, 70% of people in America, of young people, would not qualify for military service, whether that's with the ASVAB test or whether that's with physical Mm -hmm. characteristics of applying for military service. 70% of young people, of millennials, would not qualify for military service. So, I mean, our country, in terms of, you know, our young people being drafted or whatever or something, we're not ready. I mean, 90, Imagine. Uh, one in six people in this country are addicted to some f- form of substance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and think about all the people on social media. Everyone now has a mental disorder, apparently. You know, it's like, it, are we ready to fight a war? No, of course Absolutely not. Not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Neutered. Absolutely not. Get uh, away
1: from seed oils.
0: There are some, like, baby boomers who are stronger than, like, the e-boys that we're turning out.
1: For sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's, it's an unfortunate reality. They're
1: like those videos of 70-year-old guys who are cut up and buff. Just running marathons and stuff it's crazy
0: oh we're going to react in a little bit to russia's military ads and their advertisements versus u.s military advertisements and you will get a very clear-cut look and this is something we've done on the the show in the past but you'll get a very clear-cut look at how our countries are different and how our young men and women are are very different one more brave ukrainian and this one is a woman who's just simply a civilian so they now have russian soldiers stationed throughout ukraine of course um this woman walked up to a Ukraine to a Russian soldier and and gave him, offered him sunflowers and told this soldier, put them in your pocket so that at least flowers will grow when you die on our land, on our soil. And for those of you who don't know, the sunflower is the, the flower of Ukraine. So that is just an insane thing to walk up the amount of bravery. And sheer courage you have to have to walk up to a soldier who is armed and invading your country and say, hey, take these sunflower seeds so that when you die on my soil, at least flowers grow. Blows my mind.
1: Now, there's some very brave people over there in Ukraine. It's showing... Profusely with everything that they're doing right now. It is and I I hope that the bravery continues and I hope that the fighting stops soon and they can come to Some sort of agreement. There's a lot of people right now who are pushing to have You know ukraine continue to fight and stand up for this stuff But I think that uh, they're already hearing talks of diplomacy I mean it really should go to diplomacy and try and get the the bloodshed to stop. That's what should happen. Yep in a best-case scenario Again, I don't know what's gonna happen, but that that's what that's what we can hope for
0: Yeah, and just think about the people who are telling you and advocating for death and destruction Just question that for a second. Just
1: question what they're profiting off of when they do that.
0: Or whether or not they just have so much ignorance in regard to what war looks like that they don't know what they're saying. It's one of two. Right. um,
1: Cushy American.
0: Yeah, cushy American. Now, here are Russian military ads versus U.S. military ads as posted by Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire.
3: (laughs) знать себя познать границы своих возможностей к черту границы ты готов ломать себя до изнеможения каждый день здесь боль закаляет шрамы повседневность это ты решил себе что-то доказать командир здесь только для того чтобы ты мог увидеть в нем врага потому что без врага нет боя а без боя нет победы но на самом деле главный враг это ты вчерашний ты твоя задача выследить врага, догнать его, превзойти, стать лучше, чем он и вернуться назад победителем. Потому что завтра первый день твоей новой жизни. Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet, played violin, I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. When I was 6 years old, one of my moms had an
0: accident that left her paralyzed. This is the U.S. ad, though. I don't know that I had right. to tell you that, but this is the U.S. ad versus the Russian
1: One of ad. my moms.
0: Oh, yes. Doctors said
3: she might never walk again, but she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class and then attended UC Davis, why I joined a sorority full of other strong women. But as graduation approached, I began feeling like I'd been handed so much in life a sorority girl stereotype. Sure, I'd spent my life around inspiring women, but what had I really achieved on my own? One of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in Italy, another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures, my own Not challenge. A man. <laughs> And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it.
0: When I was 17, I,
3: I had such real big dreams. I said
2: that I want to be a soldier so I can
0: be like you. All right, I'm done. And the- <laughs> I'm done. I was about to cry. It's so moving. <laughs> what they forgot to say was like, and then, when I signed up for the army, I didn't meet the physical standards, so they lowered them for me. hmm That's what they should have said. I got to take
1: showers with trans soldiers, and it was a lot of fun.
0: Gosh. Man. I mean...
1: I can't believe Russia isn't scared of that.
0: Right. Or China. Right. Why, they- why would China be laughing at us?
1: Of course not. But well, This is what our country has turned into. It's turned into a neuter society that wants to make people feel good instead of having people do good. They want them in the, the, the people to feel like, oh, it's all inclusive, it's this big tent type of thing. It's like, no, if you're supposed to be the, the highest form of military in the entire world, I mean, we essentially are, and we have to defend all these European countries through NATO because none of them pay their dues and, and they don't really even have armies in these European countries, and this is what our military has turned into? Weakness? We're supposed to show strength through our military, not inclusivity i don't care if if every single person in the military was was a, a black lesbian whatever as long as they're strong right. and, and like the best at what they do right that's what i really care about but it, it's it's not showing that it's showing that oh we're more important what's more important is weakness and inclusivity than strength and that's why this is happening this wouldn't have happened in the last administration but it's happening now because weakness is our, our new frontier
0: it really is the the oppression. We have to show that we are fighting oppression, but not true oppression, uh, identity politics oppression. That's what's most important in every facet of society, even when it comes to marketing our military. what who, who does that ad target? So are we looking for more just female lesbians to join the military? And that's why we put that ad out, because that's the best demographic to be joining the U.S. military? Can we be honest with ourselves and this is not to knock on females who can and do meet male standards because if you can do that and you want to join the military by all means do that but that's not who this ad is targeting at all and at all we got a young girl with lesbian parents not that it even matters who's from a sorority who wanted more purpose out of life
1: i mean i was in college in in boulder and i'm thinking of the girls in sororities And no way
0: would (laughs) I ever
1: want any of them to go to war for me. I mean, it's just insane to think about. Yeah. To think of sorority girls going and fighting on the front lines against those Russians in that ad before. (laughs) I mean, we would lose within minutes. You know, they'd be taking selfies on the battlefield.
0: Yeah. Be like uh, the military recruiters that come to your school. You'd be like, you want to go outside the frat house or maybe outside the gym? No, can you point us to your local sorority house so that we can set up our our pull-up bar for them to try it? Are you kidding me? are you kidding me guys
1: i didn't know a sorority girl who could do a
0: pull-up <laughs> i don't know if so soror-
1: is there listen if you're a sorority, one, but right now, a sorority girl watching right now and you girl. can do a pull-up send me a video because I don't, I don't know if i believe that a sorority girl can do a pull-up <laughs> we'll be you know? we'll
0: be impressed i'm sure there is uh there are sorority girls out there who can do pull-ups or a pull-up but that's not your key demographic when scouting for the military <laughs>
1: oh, you should be looking for strong able-bodied men uh, that's what you should be looking for but again 70 percent of people wouldn't qualify for military service in this country right well i I think the weird thing about this is that they're they're searching for those strong powerful people but that is all based on the warped definition that they've accepted Mm -hmm. as what powerful and strong are yes and it's it's totally backwards but Everybody else in the world still follows the original definition of both of those words, and we're the ones following a totally different path right now. Yeah, I know.
0: but we're the crazy ones. Right, we're the crazy ones.
1: Taylor, you look different today. <laughs>
0: yeah. By the way, Scott. Scott is Taylor today. <laughs> yeah, Scott is Taylor. Scott Step it out. in here. Yeah, yeah. Taylor's out and about running amok with his wife, so uh, Scott's here to hold right. down the fort.
1: No, but I, I just—if there's one thing I hate. In, in these types of situations, it's weakness. When I see people who complain all the time, people who blame the world for their problems and and and, and think that someone else is supposed to come in and solve it for them, it, it it makes me more mad than anything. I love strength. Even people like I respect my enemies. When I see some of these these people on the left who are unflinching in their ideas and they're strong and steadfast and they don't take no for an answer and they're ready to destroy me and all these things. I have respect for you. I have respect for you as one of my enemies, right? But if you're this weak person and you expect the world to give you something, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. You can be a conservative or on the left. I I despise much of of who you are because weakness is just a terrible thing that has been, has crept into our society. And it's why we are the way we are. I mean, people can't go five minutes without checking their phone and complaining about something on their Twitter or social media.
0: It is true. We get paid to do Weak. it though, so it's okay. Weak. Yeah,
1: no, it's true. But weakness is seen as virtuous. A weakness is now seen as virtuous in this country. It's and true, compliance but. is strength and intersectionality, however many, you know, black, lesbian, whatever all these things are, those are seen as, as strength points. Yep. And really strength comes from values. It comes from your values. It comes from bravery. And it comes that even when you are afraid, which I think a lot of people are right now, it's how you act when you are the most afraid. And you're brave in the face of fear. Not yeah. cowering and expecting someone else to do it for you or complaining about it. It's about action. It's about taking action and doing something.
0: Perfect segue, Will. Speaking of taking action, uh, we, we've done immense coverage of the Freedom Convoy, but we have our own convoy that is forming here in America. And we brought on a guest who is directly linked as a liaison and a human rights attorney uh, working and working with the truckers in this convoy. And we brought her on to talk to you guys about that. So here's that interview. Hi, everybody. If you've been watching Will and Amla Live lately, you've been seeing our endless coverage of the Freedom Convoy in Canada that descended on Ottawa with their asks of the government. But today we're going to be covering what's happening here in the U.S. with an additional convoy called the People's Convoy. Here to comment on this and tell us a little bit about their message is Lee Dundas, who is a human rights attorney. Lee, thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's an honor to be here.
1: And so you're in the convoy right now. You're in a truck heading all across the country.
2: Uh, I am. Yes, I am in my own rig pulling a de facto portable stage that's been built into a utility trailer behind there. And I pulled over on the side of the of the 40 here. We're just heading out of Albuquerque. Um, I've got I've got. Tons of people on the overpass in front of me and behind me, flags everywhere. This is, you know, Albuquerque is a very liberal city. I've been through here a lot since COVID started, two, three times, and uh, I was shocked. Not only have we not had a hostile reception or an apathetic reception, it has been overwhelming the number of people on every overpass. It's just, it's just you can't even begin to picture it. It's been so incredible.
0: Oh that's amazing. I'm I'm curious. Let's let's talk about the messaging here. What is it that people are taking to the streets to support you guys in doing?
2: Well, you know, the truckers gave me a jingle a while ago, and they said, "Look, you know, we kind of had it. We we don't really believe in these artificial distinctions that a lot of the elected leaders in our country and others are are trying to drive a wedge into society with. This black versus white, you know, red versus yellow, you know, liberal versus versus conservative, and now medical status this versus medical status that. And if you if you're one or the other, you can't work or you can't cross into Canada to, to deliver goods if you're a long haul trucker." And they just said, we don't believe in any of that. And it's been two years. COVID is well in hand. The case numbers are going down. And uh, after 23 months, it's time to end this. It's time to open up the economy, jumpstart the economy, and get the workers of America back to doing what they do best, which is working and making money. This is a capitalist society. So we want to do a transcontinental journey from coast to coast with a message of peace and unity. Um, It's a bipartisan, multicultural, multi-faith convoy. Anybody can join it. You don't even have to be a trekker. And we're just going to go out in peace with our message that hey guys it is time to end the mandates but more importantly the abusive states of emergency that gave rise to the mandates in the first place because it's time it's been 23 months and it's time and they told me that and i said you know what that's brilliant And I agree. And uh, I I couldn't be behind you more. How can I serve you? How can I help get the message out so people know where to find you and and how they can join you? And that's what we've been uh, working on. But we're not the organizers. We're just a bunch of red-blooded Americans who believed in what they were doing and said, how can we help you do this safely and effectively and and allow the people to join with you?
1: And so how many people do you guys have and and where are you headed to now? What's the the plan for what you're doing now?
2: It, It is, it's, it's, Difficult to count. <laughs> I can tell oh you we were God. standing in an, on an overpass yesterday, and we, we had jumped ahead of the convoy, so we were on one of the overpasses with people, and we started filming, and the convoy took 10 minutes to go by, and they were rolling about 60. So, you know, I, I'm no mental giant when it comes to math, but 10 minutes, 60 miles an hour. Um, now, that wasn't all semi trucks, but I'm guessing that was about a 10-mile-long conga line. Uh, the first part, obviously, were semis and big rigs and, and bobtail trailers, and then the last half, is just a bunch of people who got in their RV and they said, you know, we started with you close to Barstow, and we thought we were going to go to Kingman and turn around and come home, but we're so excited we're going to keep rolling. And uh, we, we, I talked to a guy this morning. He had driven down from Port Angeles, Washington. We're getting a big influx when we hit Texas here tonight um, from some other folks who are coming from the north and south to join with us, but it, this thing is growing by the day it's like a snowball going downhill and it's not just the convoy, it's the people in every city. We we rolled through Arizona. I don't know, have you guys ever driven through Arizona? Will have you driven the 40 through Arizona?
1: Yep, gone to to Arizona, Arizona, gone through Albuquerque, yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about. You go from like one city five hours to the next city and there's nothing but cactuses in between. Like nothing but cactus. I was shocked. I had expected, okay, maybe the overpass before Kingman or the overpass before Flagstaff or one or two overpasses in Albuquerque. We'll see a couple people up there. Every overpass. In the middle of nowhere, two and a half hours from the nearest Podunk town. And these things are lined with people. We got fire trucks up there. We have firemen in uniform flying flags. We went through one just a second ago. They had two cranes that had come together on the overpass and strung an American flag between them. I mean, we've got farmers sitting out there with their six-year-old sons at the end of their driveway in the middle of absolutely nowhere, waving their little flags and, and, and just the amount of pride and joy the American people are showing us about how excited they are that we're, we're carrying, the truckers are carrying this message that it's time to get back to work and, and end the states of, of, of emergency and mandates is unfathomable. There was a pizza place that fed probably 1,500 people, the entire community for free in Kingman and all the truckers. There was a one-hole bathroom, boys and girls. Those stalls were cleaner at the end of the night than when we went in. We couldn't even mm-hmm. fit all the donations. They had two container trucks of donations out there for the truckers. When we arrived, I mean, it's just insane in a good way. It
1: reminds me of in a Forrest Gump when Forrest starts running and then all the people join in (laughs) afterwards and they're all following him. That's what I'm thinking about when I'm hearing about it.
0: (laughs) So it sounds like morale is really, really really high.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Everybody on here is like, we've never been part of anything like this, nor I doubt will we ever be part of anything like this again. This is history in the making through the middle of America and I, I put on my makeup in the morning and I'm dapping my mascara off my face from the moment we hit the first overpass because it is just something the likes of which I've never seen. The the enormous amount of pride and readiness of the American people and resilience saying, you know, we've had a two, two hard years. We've come through this. It's time. And God bless the truckers for, for carrying that message from one coast to the other
1: yeah you know it seems to me that it's you know we have the mandates and the stuff that we're fighting for with these truckers and with the convoy and everything you guys are doing, but it seems to be about more than that. It's more about bringing back an America that people can really recognize It's about patriotism, it's about love of our country and the values that it was founded on, and that's what it really seems like this whole movement is about. Yes, we want to end the mandates and all this tyrannical stuff, but it's a a celebration of our country. Would you say that
2: a hundred percent and and I have seen nothing but unity out here. The trucker said, we want to go forth in unity. And we had gay pride flags flying in Atalanta at the stadium parking lot the day we left. I spoke to two people who were gay. Um, I, I've spoken. The, the Unity Project is supporting this movement. Some of their executive leadership are den- Democrats. And I walked into an Applebee's last night. Where were we last night? In just uh, Gallup, New Mexico. We were just over the border from Lupton where the boys were parked because because uh, wow. we grabbed a hotel room. And there were there were were. A little a little table full of little old people and I, I think they were first nation and the guy was wearing a pow mia ball cap and he said um i served 30 years in the marine corps and uh i got my vaccine in february we are pro vaccine and have a seat. We are a hundred percent in support of your convoy, and a lot of the First Nation people around here are. And we got up this morning at 7 a.m. And the vice president of the Navajo Nation, I believe it was, if I'm not misquoting his title, was out on the flat one of the flatbed trucks, giving the boys a blessing before they headed off. This is not about what your wow. status is, whether you got the vaccine, whether you didn't, what you voted, who you voted for in the last election. This is about Americans locking arm with other Americans and saying, "We love you. You're you're our brothers and sisters. I'm your brother and sister." How Do we get this country back on the right track? And I I just I move to tears every time I turn around. Literally, I can't walk to the bathroom without Americans walking up and shoving a hundred bucks, five hundred bucks at me, and saying, "Give it to the truckers." Like my purse is overflowing with bills. I mean, every time I get on the trucker bus, I am like, it it looks like we're doing drug deals. Like I've got hundreds of dollar bills (laughs) that people have handed me when I am walking through the hotel or into a bathroom stall. It's it's insanity in the most Heartwarming amazing thing. I've I've just I've ever seen in my life in my life.
0: That's amazing I I love to hear that you guys are reinvigorating a a love for America and a love for this country because I feel like that's a lot of What was lost in these these last two years and what has contributed so much to the divide that we've been feeling? I know a lot of people are gonna hear this on our show and they're also gonna want to shove money at you or shove Their support at you in some way (laughs) shape or form. How can they do that?
2: Well, it's not me. Um, you, you know, you don't support me. I'm fine. We're, we're sitting here with enough mm-hmm. potato chips in my rig to, to choke a horse. Do you support the <laughs> truckers, though? Um, the cost of fuel, as we know right now, are not cheap. And driving those big rigs across the country, it's not a cheap thing. Um, 100% of the money after the costs of, like, administering, you know, the, the bank account fees and stuff like that is going back to their fuel costs. You can find uh, the truckers that are rolling down the 40 right now. Their convoy is called The People's Convoy. Again, that's The People's Convoy. And the website is thepeoplesconvoy.org. You can donate on there. You can see our routes on there, our next stops. If you want to come out and say hi at night, we encourage you to do that. Stand around the bonfire make some new friends. If you decide you want to roll down the road for a stop or two or heck the whole way, uh, you can do that as well. They won't say no to the support. It's going back to the truckers. But, yeah, that's where you can find us, and and that's where you can see our message. I say our. It's really the truckers' message and what they're about. And I encourage you to do so because this is an unprecedented time, and uh, it's a rare day that, that modern Americans get a chance to make history or see history be made. And that's what's happening here. I have zero doubt. You can feel it in every fiber of your being. You can feel it down to your bones. And, uh, y- you know, I have hope. I have hope being out here because up until March of 2020, it never even occurred to me to ask my best friends from junior high how they'd voted or what their politics really, really were or what their views were on vaccines and, and the like. And what I saw in that Applebee's restaurant and so many other places along the way since we left two days ago is people just don't care. They just don't care about the things that divide us. They are so much more concerned with finding common ground and finding a way to talk to each other and bond with each other. And that is what is happening out here on the road. And if you want to help support that message and you want to support the fuel that, that goes into the truckers' tanks, you can do so at thepeoplesconvoy.org, uh, and we'd love to have you. Well,
1: history is definitely being made, and you guys are, are, are part of the movement that is making this narrative collapse so that things will change. So God yeah. bless all of you guys. And thank you for coming on the show today.
2: Yep, Thank you. Thank you, sir. It was an honor to be here. And nice meeting you too, my dear.
0: Perfect. How oh, great was that? Have- wow. <laughs> We're getting another U.S. Wow. military ad. They're really Keep trying to recruit us. <laughs> if I don't see a woman of color singing about how I need to join the military, I'm not going. That's don't all I got to Don't tell me with say. a good time. <laughs> Now, let's move on. Uh, You know, we're talking about the the people's convoy and how that's attached to the current COVID narrative, but it's a crumbling COVID narrative. Here's a video that I saw this morning out of Fox Business where we had the Moderna CEO face to face uh, with a Fox News contributor interviewing him about what is going on and uh, a narrative that he refused to give commentary on. Here's that clip. The virus contains a tiny chunk of DNA that matches sequence patented by Moderna three years before the pandemic began. Your reaction, Stefan, what can you tell us? So
2: my scientists are looking into those data to see how accurate they are or not. As I've said before, the hypothesis of an escape from a lab by an accident is possible. You know, human makes mistakes. So uh, is it possible that the Wuhan lab in China was working on uh, viruses uh, enhancement or gene modification, and then there's an accident where somebody was infected in the lab and then infected their families and friends. It is possible. On the claim you just uh, mentioned, uh, the scientists are analyzing to know if it's uh, real or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was struck by the line. It matched a genetic sequence patented by Moderna for hmm. cancer research purposes, Stefan
2: yeah and that's the type of things that the team is looking at very carefully to know is it, is it real or not okay. so it, it takes a bit of time to analyze yeah. all the genetic sequence
0: Oh, and a nice little smirk to top it off mm-hmm. that's great you gotta throw that in yeah I like how she didn't let up she's like no I was asking about the part where your company is involved and you patented it this three years ago this, this particular sequence why is it there why are we finding it and he just gives no answer right where is he from? What is that? I have uh, no idea. It, it sounded French. Yeah, it did sound French. a little French. Yeah, yeah. French.
1: Um, now, even if the truth doesn't come out about this from Moderna's own mouth, we know that the numbers don't lie, and we know that if we're looking at Moderna stock, it's been plummeting for the last uh, two, three months now as well. So these people understand that they're in hot water, and they're trying to save face as, as best they can. And this was not a good idea for them right. to do this interview.
0: I thought it was a bat. <laughs> I thought it was bat soup.
1: No, it was bat soup. You know, wet fish market, that's where this whole thing came from. It
0: is also possible that monkey put on lab coat and go into lab and steal COVID-19 and release it to the world.
1: It's just a COVID vaccine. (laughs) They take it into the world.
0: Anything is possible. Uh Our researchers are looking into this.
1: Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, all of these people lie. Collins lied. Fauci lied. Fauci lied to Rand Paul and about the gain of function research, knowing the truth about it and lied, testifying that he was telling the truth and lied about it. All of these people are liars. I mean, the the, the Pfizer, we've just found out today, National Pulse just reported on this today. Pfizer is funding fact checking groups that work with Facebook fact checkers. Right. Wow. And so these people can get away with the lying because they're the ones who are funding the media to, to lie for them. And so they can continue to get away with it. But again, the money doesn't lie. The the narrative is collapsing. We got truckers all over the place, not just here, but in Canada, everywhere. And 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 they're 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 losing money by the day, more and more. So the narrative is collapsing in every single way. The CDC, which we can get into, but the yes. CDC just put out new guidelines today. You know, apparently these are our overlords, our gods. If mm-hmm. they put out guidelines, then we have to just blindly follow. Yes. But the CDC put out new guidelines for masking today.
0: Yes, and let's get into that. So uh, they loosened the federal mask wearing guidance uh, for counties deemed to be low or medium risk, including in schools. Now, what does this mean for us? It means that 70% of Americans who now live in what is considered by the CDC to be low or medium risk counties uh, are going to have loosened uh, mask wearing guidance. So this will happen with outdoor mask guidance, which I can't believe I'm even saying that that exists, acknowledging that exists, uh, indoor mask guidance and school masking guidelines. So 70% percent of you guys have now been deemed by the cdc to be free for uh, from mask wearing so right it's great
1: and anyone living in texas idaho montana nevada florida georgia mostly georgia except for atlanta but most of these right. places have been free for this entire time yep. i mean for years now i talk to people all the time I, I have a buddy who lives in idaho he used to work at prager you and i was on the phone with him two a couple days ago and he's like since i moved here I haven't worn a mask in the last year. No one's even asked me to wear a mask. Wowza. And I'm like, I have to go to Whole Foods and get yelled at by some social justice warrior who's a thousand pounds and who tells me that I'm making her unsafe. I mean, it's craziness. It's craziness. That's what we have to deal with. And now the CDC gets to come on and be the arbiters to say, we are your overlords and what we say goes. Which goes to show you that these people have gotten so power hungry and corrupt that mm-hmm. they think like, oh, and maybe tomorrow cases rise again and snap, I can tell you again that you're going to put the mask on <laughs> and you'll just go hookline and sinker and do it again. Right. So that's why this extends past this, <laughs> even if they're lowering the restrictions, which again, talking with Ava who lives in the Netherlands, my girlfriend, and they dropped restrictions in the Netherlands. But it's like the fight isn't over just because they dropped the restrictions because the government is setting it up so that they can do this anytime they want. Right. They want to be able to do it anytime. Right.
0: Yeah, we reserve the right to to use this against you. And it's very similar look at what happened in Canada with this Emergencies Act and and what they did with the finances of the the Freedom Convoy truckers. And they they wanna make sure you know that we reserve the right, even though we've lifted the Emergency Act as of late, we reserve the right to use this on you and we'll continue to use these tools, as the Canadian government called it, uh, to to watch your finances. This is what they do. They make you comfortable with them usurping power and, and taking over your civil liberties. And then they give it back to you little by little by little. But just with the caveat of you knowing that we can always do this at any time, whenever we feel like it's necessary.
1: All right, we can take it away whenever we want. We yep. can give it to you. We can take it away. And people think that that's OK. Yep. I, I just don't get how people think that that's OK. I think that a lot of people have woken up because of this. And that's why, in part, it's collapsing. But some new uh, don't be fooled by the next thing that happens. That's the new power grab of control. Yep. Probably going to be climate change and energy. If I had to guess on what's going to happen is the next thing that they're going to try to control us on. But don't be fooled by it. Don't let them take away. There's nothing in the Constitution that stipulates that the government gets to take away your powers, gets to take away your autonomy or your freedom for a pandemic. Find it in the Constitution. Find it anywhere in any of the documents. There's nothing there that says the government has a right to do this. All of these things they did, unconstitutional. And that's not just a, a right-wing talking point. These things are unconstitutional. First Amendment, not letting people talk about it. Uh, uh, Seventh Amendment, your, your private property rights, uh, the lockdowns, not being able to have your own business, all these things. I mean, it's unconstitutional. And they think that now they are the, the gods of this new world. You know?
0: Speaking of the Constitution, while well, you just keep throwing these segways my way. I'm not uh, even doing this on purpose. He's not doing this on purpose. It's just happening naturally. That's how good Will and Amla alive is. And hopefully you're subscribed to our channel because we don't, you know. We don't do this for nothing <laughs> no. um so this current administration has now picked a u.s supreme court nominee and did they make good on their promise for it to be a black female you bet your left foot they did uh so yes we have a black female uh by the name of Kitanji brown jackson right. who has now been picked uh, as the supreme court nominee and you know what on its face I don't have a problem with this. I'll tell you what I do have a problem with. I have a problem with the fact that this is an affirmative action pick. Uh, and you simply could have picked somebody based on merit. And maybe that person would have been a black female. Uh, but now that you've stated that you've done this in, the, in a, in a affirmative action lens, look what you've done. And I, I tweeted this out earlier that affirmative action is inherently hurting people of color in this country far and wide, whether that's for schools or scholarships or jobs or, Supreme Court status, something something uh, that holds such a high regard in our country as being on the Supreme Court. How are you harming them? Because you are creating a climate where now everybody has to question whether or not you got the job based on your merit or based on your race. And it should have never been anything that we should have to question because you should have just hired people based on what they can do, not on how they look, not on these biological characteristics that mean nothing to how they do Their jobs. So that's my my two cents on that. I don't have much more to say about it. It's just ridiculous.
1: Right. It's like if someone's if Prager you said, oh, we're only hiring five foot nine guys with a beer belly who are occasionally funny, and I got the job. (laughs) That's a very unique thing. I'd be like, oh, it's not that cool that I got the job because I'm the only one who it is. Right. There's a lot. There's less women who black females who are justices who are judges within the American court system right now, then I guess you could say other people. It's a minority. And so because of that, if you're Mm -hmm. the one who gets that job, I mean, I would feel really bad if I was that woman and got the job. I you would like, feel like, why did they choose me only because of my race or my gender? That's that sucks. And also, but just in the in the grander scheme of things, it's not about the race and stuff. I mean, this is a big deal in just the grander scheme of of U.S. politics. Mm-hmm. You know that we are now getting this Supreme Court justice who, essentially, I am trying to remember the the tweet that she said, or not the tweet that she said, but what she said about um, about bad things that people say, offensive things people say, shouldn't be allowed to say it. Essentially, mm. this lady is a radical leftist. It's not. It's not even just like, oh, she's some some. Liberal right or something like that. She's a radical leftist. This lady, and putting her on the Supreme Court is is terrible for conservatives. And she's she's young too, from what it seems like. She's mm-hmm. young and is probably going to be around for a while. This is going to have radical impl- implications for cases in the future. For 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 what we want mm. to achieve but in this country. It,
0: but at least she's black and female. Right, guys, right? Oh, you guys are silent. I wonder why. Almost because it. Doesn't matter. And it's ridiculous. Here's
1: what she said. She said, I do not believe that the display of a Confederate flag in a public museum is constitutionally protected speech. That's what she said.
0: Wait, say it again. Say it again.
1: She said, I do not believe that the display of a Confederate flag in a public museum is constitutionally protected speech.
0: Even in a museum, Amazing. they put wow. a Confederate
1: flag up. Not Yikes. protected speech. So this, this woman is a radical leftist for sure. Yep. And that's that has big consequences for America.
0: Something to look forward to, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and, and that's it for our stories for today. Uh, we are going to get into Fun Friday, our Fun Friday segment. We were thinking, what do we want to do? Something. We want to do something chill today. We want to do something chill today, uh, something not too crazy. Sorry, my mic got turned off. Uh, so I picked out a quiz. Will told me about a website called Sporkle, which I would never heard of before in my life. Will and Scott both knew what it was, and apparently they've wasted significant amount uh, amounts of time doing the quizzes on here. So I decided to pull up a quiz for myself and for us to play. Uh, I went to just their most popular, and their most popular... Uh, one of the ones on the list is actors in drama. So you guys are going to try to help us figure these out. There's 25 different actors on this uh, specific list that we're going to try to figure out who they are. They give you the first name and then they give you the title of the movie that they were involved in and the year. So we're going to go through and figure them out. If Will and I can't do it or if Will, Scott and I can't do it, you guys can answer in the comments below and see if we can make it through this quiz. Are we okay Guys, to go forward, some
1: people go. are saying there's some audio problems, but I don't know.
0: Okay, I, I hear you. So, okay, movie number one Amadeus, and the actor's name starts with Murray. You know the last name,
1: uh, Bill Murray?
0: No, or it starts with Murray, it starts with Murray, and I also don't know where do I put in the actor's name. On this Sorry, oh, I wasn't
1: really listening you play to this. Okay, movie yeah. movie. <laughs> have you guys
0: seen the movie Amadeus? Yes,
1: no, it's a Kimo okay. Foreman film.
0: Okay, so we have an actor whose first name is Murray. What's the last name of the actor?
1: It's um, gotta be Amadeus in this one, and he, I honestly have never seen him in anything else, so I have no
0: idea. You don't know the actor's name. Okay. Okay. Do you Will? I have never seen this one. Okay, we'll have to skip that one. Well let's Murray let's Bill. continue. Smith. Okay. Um what do I do? Yeah. So I you don't know. You. For Murray, we have no idea?
3: Nope. Nope.
0: Does the audience know? <laughs> Murray. Somebody said Murray Thompson.
1: Murray Abraham.
0: I'm seeing Abraham and Thompson. Okay, so I'm going to go with Abraham because I saw Abraham twice. Okay, that's one. Let's go. Uh, next one is from Glengarry Glenro Glen Glen Ross. That's the name of the movie. The first name is Alec. I'm going to assume it's Baldwin. Baldwin, yeah. I don't know any other famous Alex Baldwin. Okay, we're in there. Nice. Nice Hotel Rwanda. Don Cheadle. Cheadle? How Cheadle. do you spell How do you spell his last name?
1: C-H-E-A-D-L-E. Right?
0: D-L-E? Yeah. Okay, we got it. Nice. There Will Be Blood, a 2007 film, Daniel Blank Day-Lewis. Lewis. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis.
1: Easy. I love that movie.
0: Guys, too. we've got this so far. Okay. Gran Torino. Oh. You guys seen it? Uh-huh. And who is it? Clint? Uh, Bill Clinton. Eastwood. Eastwood. Oh, oh, thank <laughs> Clint, you, guys. I if you guys got that wrong, I would be depressed right great movie okay it is.
1: i was watching the clips on youtube the other day
0: have you seen 12 angry men a 1957 film
1: i have seen it I but i couldn't this. i don't know if i could name the actors from
0: henry okay guys Henry-y. help us out in the chat yeah, henry who out. i have no idea i've never seen this
1: oh man yeah, this... we're getting nothing we're, getting we're not getting anything
0: somebody's saying people are <laughs> saying shipper. fonda Oh,
1: yeah. All right, Fonda Henry, Fonda
0: Henry Fonda? Yeah,
1: it's, uh, You get multiple is. guesses, I think, right? I don't so think good. you get multiple guesses. Yeah. Put it in. Yep.
0: Okay. The Bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, 1957, Alec is Maybe the first. Alec. But it's not don't Baldwin, know. obviously, because it's 1957. Don't know. Okay, guys, help one. us out. The Bridge on the River Kwai.
1: I don't think we have to go in, in order either. So yeah, you don't, order. you don't it's, have to go in order. You don't have to go in order. a different one. Yeah.
0: Okay, next one. Forrest Gump. Tom. Thanks. Thanks. Good job, guys. Okay. Lizard person. <laughs> uh, did anybody get the Alec one? No. Okay. Nope. We're
1: on a time crunch. Only.
0: Okay, reversal of fortune.
1: Don't know. Never seen it.
0: Okay. The Prestige. Hugh. Yes, Jack- Jackman. Uh, okay. Uh, Goodfellas is Ray Liotta.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Nice. Hey, I know that one. Uh, Big Fish is you and McGregor. McGregor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, the Godfather, Al Pacino. Pacino. Okay. Shawshank Redemption, Tim. I know. Whiplash is Miles Teller. I'm putting that one in.
1: Tim. Uh, Tim. Talon. I, don't
0: I always think get it's this. Al. Type. No, none of them are Alan Birdman is Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yup. Uh, okay, let me Alec, name some other films. Alec Rocky, Guinness. Sylvester, Still Alone. Did I spell that wrong? Is it two L's? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, have any of you seen Midnight Cowboy? No. The ki- wait, I have. That's Sounds Voight. Like, John Voight.
1: Ooh. Sounds like West Hollywood.
0: I love John Voight, by the way. Uh, they shoot horses, don't they? Question mark. Maybe. Okay. Wait, Titanic. Billy Zane. Zane nice lust for life have you guys seen that <laughs> oh somebody's saying tim robbins i'm putting that in Tim robbins okay we got it thank you lynn babe
1: and we need um, alec guinness alec guinness. I'm that.
0: guinness oh is it two n's uh guinness yes yeah. got it got it got it gig young people are saying okay, for no. they shoot horses don't they uh okay okay who else do we need we have 10 <laughs> seconds a Kirk few douglas. good men douglas
1: ah! murray
0: no idea. He spelled it oh, wrong. <laughs> getting a lot of backslashes. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, Anthony Quinn. We got seventy-six percent.
1: That's pretty good. Hey.
0: That's pretty good. I that's didn't realize good. we had only four minutes to do that. Yeah, that's the point.
1: Yeah, they get. Well, they I didn't get, get the point. You know, that's okay.
0: I thought I had it, but I didn't. It's close.
1: It's Thank close. you. I did terribly
0: that's i basically
1: just sat here for four minutes (laughs) listening to the chat
0: c's get degrees ladies and gentlemen don't you ever forget that listen
1: f's don't get degrees (laughs) i know that one No, they don't. For
0: a fact. Uh, But yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed that little quiz, even though we kind of failed a little bit. We did all right. Thank you guys so much for watching. Comment down below. What should we have them comment down below today? Give your own example of a tone-deaf comment that you could make. We did California wildfires and not being able to take Instagram photos and uh, what, oil spills and not being able to go to the beach. (laughs) So what is your own Joy Behar-esque tone-deaf response. Put them down below in the comments after the show ends, and we'll see which one gets the most likes. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will be back on Monday for a full show for you guys. I may or may not be here, but if I'm not here, we will have a very special guest in my seat. So we'll be here uh, at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern with some fun stories for you guys, and we will see you then. We hope you have a fantastic and fun-filled, family-filled weekend. Bye, guys.
1: Peace.